0: you wanna go through your every day being happy. And that takes a lot for everybody. I, I often say that happiness is like a muscle, like you gotta work at it. You're not just okay. gonna wake up the day feeling great. Oh. So the fact that I get to build a business and work with really good people and be challenged and challenge them and see our customers love our food and build teams and mm-hmm. get to geographically expand what I've always had in my head is exhilarating. Dang.
1: Hey everyone, this is Helene from Coming From the Heart Podcast, an inspirational and motivational podcast about mental health, mindfulness, speaking your truth, and never feeling alone. Hey there, guys. I'm back. So excited to have Justin Rosenberg hop on. He is the CEO of Honey and excited to have everybody learn a lot about his business and just talk all about healthy lifestyle, healthy food, and how actually Justin and I connected, which is a crazy story. And it was just such a cool experience to hear a lot about why and the how of HoneyGrow. And if you haven't been to a HoneyGrow, go to a HoneyGrow. Specifically now, as we enter into spring, everybody wants to eat healthy and get their bodies going for pre-summer. They have incredible healthy alternatives, choices, stir fries, smoothies, the Honey Bar, and a whole bunch of different stuff. Hello. How are you? good how are you I'm good so nice to see you thank you for your time so honored yep. to just get this opportunity to chat it's funny Justin I was thinking back to when I met you gosh that was seem like many months ago and we were planning ahead and now it's March it's just it's going as they say the time yeah.
0: it's been a very very fast year it's pretty pretty crazy
1: it is pretty crazy. I know you're a very busy person. Your stores are popping up all over the place. You've got a lot going on. So as I was saying, yeah, we planned so long ago. The why and the how we met is insane. I was at Rutgers visiting Alexandra, who really, she should be your spokesperson for how many times that my child eats at your restaurant. She literally lives there. <laughs> your employees know her. And she loves to go there because your food is incredible. Myself, Alexandra, and I believe you mentioned your wife has lots of allergies and sensitivities. So having a healthy alternative is just incredible. So I want everybody to get to know you. If you want to just introduce yourself, tell a little bit about your background, why and how, Honeygrow and all that stuff.
0: Pretty much moved to Philadelphia in '04. was in finance for a bit, hated my life, was in a cubicle. Trying to figure out what I want to do. My passions always really been food and the idea of building something and scaling something. And I just really didn't people being happy. So, what was I passionate about? And I kind of kept coming back to food. I'm not a chef. I know how to eat food very well. And at the time, just full transparency, I was a type two and am a type two diabetic, gained a tremendous amount of weight. And this is now 2008, and I didn't want to go on serious medication. So, I was really at home eating a lot of salads and stir fries. So I'd make the salads for lunch. The stuff i had left over tossed into a wok at night and had a stir fry so did the research and not really too many concepts doing this there's a lot of burger places mexican places but it's something that's really different you can do a lunch and dinner you could do suburban urban you could do seven day week business and you know my vision has always been to be an international company which remains the same today so we're at 26 restaurants all in the northeast so we're as far west as pittsburgh north as boston south as the dc metro area um, based in Philadelphia and growing. So we're opening up six to eight restaurants this year, depending on where the world will be as the year goes on. And luckily I have a fantastic team and they really just take us next level. So all good stuff.
1: Amazing, amazing. Take us back to a second. You mentioned that you dealt with diabetes and being a diabetic and of course having diabetes or having any health issues, it's tough to, it's tough to eat. I mean, I know for myself, it's tough to go out to a restaurant And what I love so much about your concept, you know, comparatively, let's say, to other restaurants out there, is that you can customize what you're eating, and they appear to be, of course, very sensitive to people that have allergies or sensitivities, and the fact that your produce and everything comes from the local farms. Now, how did you decide, you had your concept, you were going through your own stuff, you decided to make a go of this, Why and how connect to local farms and community, which is really quite cool and interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, the way my family eats, and you mentioned my wife, like she's allergic to everything. It's actually kind of fascinating. We met years ago, and she had a peanut allergy, and it's it's honestly just blossomed to dairy, peaches, avocado, you name it, various different seeds. It's something that's kind of wild. So we eat very, I would argue to say she would eat very carefully, and she'll live a lot longer than me, but we do eat... For example, we're getting all of our stuff from the farmers market in Ardmore. We just think it tastes better. We like it. The colors are better. It's just something that we appreciate. And when I was developing Honeygrow, I mean, that was kind of the original thesis of the brand. Do we do that today? No. I wish we could, but you know, we're not buying avocados and bananas and some other stuff local. It's just tough as you scale. But in the early days of Honeygrow, we were buying stuff from like Dickinson University had a hydroponic farm. We're grabbing romaine back, chopping it up. It was really it was beautiful. Oh. We buy oh. Thai basil from the farmers markets in philadelphia it was a lot easier when it was just like two of us running around getting stuff and (laughs) it was beautiful it was delicious and you could tell as you scale and get bigger it gets harder to do that but we have a fantastic person that does his best to help us buy as local as possible
1: right right because when you know the concept let's just talk about aesthetics of your restaurant i've read a little bit of stuff about you and i of course know your restaurants i've been to i gotta make the list hoboken new brunswick cherry hill and university of delaware my son wants to come to indiana Anyway, yeah, so I've been there. And when you walk into your stores, you know, initially I fell in love with Honeygrow way before New Brunswick, way before I met you in Hoboken, because when I walked in, I thought the menu, of course, is so interesting and diversified that I could eat whatever I wanted. And the fact that it came from the local farms. Also, I do remember, correct me if I'm wrong, the furniture and stuff like that is recycled.
0: Yeah, we, we had fewer former restaurants, older ones had the chairs were made out of re- recycled Coke bottles. Those so um, ones today are not so we are working with DS architects based in Philadelphia. We are doing a ton of stuff to make sure, we still do, to make sure that the restaurants are essentially as sustainable as possible, low emission paints. We're essentially doing everything we can to have a really nice aesthetic, but at the same time, yes, we want to be environmentally conscious, but we also don't want the place to kind of collapse on itself. So uh-huh. to renovate two of our restaurants through the years, kind of not anticipating the volumes that they would have. So uh-huh. the bridge is a lot more in terms of sustainable. We had a lot of reclaimed wood, and wear and tear, it just really kicked the store's butt. So we kind of make the restaurants as strong as possible with the design aesthetic. And again, Mm -hmm. without the restaurant collapsing on itself.
1: And of course the aesthetics also, the music you choose, the playlist, you have your hand in all that stuff. What What is your, obviously your vision was to create this brand based on your experience of what you were dealing with. But when the customer walks in, what do you want them to be feeling? What do you want them to be thinking?
0: just feel good. I mean, the original early days of Honey Girl for the first two or three years, I was making the playlists and it was a lot of fun. some people loved it. Some people would come and and be like, this song's on here. It's such an obscure pixie song. And I'm a big music person. So for me, that was like a really enjoyable one hour of my week that I got to do. The challenge then became, I just don't have time for that anymore. So as much as I miss doing it, I knew Mm -hmm. my time spent doing other things. You know, I can make a playlist that would maybe be five hours long, but every day, The time so you're adding stuff onto the Spotify playlist. Yeah. I suddenly hear like Soundgarden, which I definitely did not put on our playlist, Rihanna, which I didn't put on our playlist. And we wound up working with a company that you give them the music that you're listening to. They mm-hmm. ask the question, Well, what kind of vibe are you trying to get? And the idea really is, you want to feel good? Sure, we'd love to have some kind of B side songs in there. We're not looking to do really pop music kind of stuff, but something that just like you can come in, feel good. There's songs that are a bit more obscure sometimes, but they're also great bands. Some restaurants are playing old school hip hop, classic rock. Like for example, I heard Guns N' Roses in one of the restaurants the other day. I was <laughs> like, I respect that. That's great. Make
1: sure that's, cool. that's cool. That's cool. I love it. Yeah. No, that's I love music. So any anything yeah. you can, I'm right there with you. And I do love your music. I'm sort of like, Mm-hmm. and bopping and i know alexandra's always studying in new brunswick so clearly she's enjoying whatever you got going on there as far as music throughout your 26 stores so do you base the music based on the community or age appropriate or that's just sort of thrown in there
0: yes 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 and no i mean there are a lot of songs that are in both suburban and urban oh. college university restaurants will have something skewed a bit more towards a college demographic yeah. yeah that's definitely put into oh. Yeah. Well.
1: I love it. See, I not knowing every single chain out there and thinking about similar restaurants, I don't imagine that they think about every little entity that you guys do. So I, that's why I just say kudos to you guys definitely with all that.
0: I get really upset when I come in and the music's not fully at the right volume or well, I'll hear a song that's so off. It's like, it's you know, you'll know you hear like Phil Collins, I could feel it in the air tonight and you're just like, why? Like, I don't want to hear it. Or take me, actually the worst was Phil Collins, take me home. And it was like, <laughs> had depressing song. like we sh- this should not be played at a honey grow
1: so exactly yeah. so cool so when I was asking that question about like what do you want the customer to feel because I think it's such a reflection upon you as the CEO basically that you are mirroring how your personal aesthetics of what you wanted and your vibe and then sort of putting it all into these components of your different businesses and your different stores so let's talk food let's talk menu and let's talk across all 26 stores does every store pretty much has the same type of a menu you change things up i know a lot how does that happen do you have chefs how do you come up with exactly what seasonal stuff
0: so the original menu was me so i made the spicy garlic and coconut curry and wow. some other okay. and yeah. we, our director who's on here right now shout out to uh chef Katz. So okay. Dave worked up a little bit and made some really incredible dishes, notably the Chesapeake crab. So it really kind of elevated the game. And we've been using a lot of those still on seasonal. We've added some additional seasonal since then. So our buffalo chicken stir fry, which is we really look to do something that's both craveable and approachable. Mm. So you might come in and say, "What's a buffalo chicken stir fry?" And it's really just a really delicious stir fry with mm. fresh fried noodle, buffalo sauce, some blue cheese, and some grilled chicken. And then we just have a process where we're testing a bunch of stuff all the time, tasting it, testing it at one of our restaurants. We're obviously pricing it out to make sure that the food cost is right. The price isn't too high for the customer. There's a lot of time and detail that goes into it. And ideally, we can test it for as long as possible to make sure it's the right thing to serve our customer. But it's a lot of people tasting it. And sometimes we launch something and testing it. and It's horrible. Sometimes I'm the one who says I hate it. And everyone's like, what's wrong with you? And I go yeah. with it. So, Like the Buffalo right. Chip isn't one of my favorites, but it does very well. And clearly I was wrong. So. Right. Yeah. And
1: different markets want different things. Like someone in, you know, maybe down, as you said, D.C. is wanting buffalo, and someone up north maybe doesn't really, that's not their thing. Would you say that different markets request different types of food choices?
0: We were for a while doing dishes that were more tied to the market. So, for example, we did like a lobster roll type stir fry for Boston. We did, Espe Crab is originally for the Delaware, Maryland, Virginia market. Mm Mm-hmm. Pepper stir fry in Chicago, and then quite frankly, it's just we found it's a lot easier operationally for us to just have something that we can roll out across all the restaurants from a distribution, from a training, from an operation standpoint. And what we found is that customers, again, that, that key idea of being approachable, so mm-hmm. people seem to appreciate it in all the markets, and right. we've been seeing that since then.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Another thought that came to my mind, of course, is food costs. You know, everything's rising, food prices. I mean, we're just dealing with so many different things with what's going on in our world and so forth. How do you deal with that? That you want to be able to not outprice yourself for your consumer, but you have to make your cost. You need to make profit. How yeah. That-
0: we talk about food costs probably 10 times a day and we're constantly worrying about it and thinking about it and discussing it. Everything's going up. So price of a plastic bottle's going up. And, you know, you have to maintain the margins. So we did increase prices last year. I, for one, really hesitate on raising prices. I worry about the demand side. If folks are getting pinched at the supermarket and at the gas station, yes. we just want you then to not buy that stir fry because you've already spent extra money. I don't know where the world will be in six months. Enough. Really erratic time. I don't think we've seen the full effect of inflation. I know the Fed made an announcement today. We're at 7.9%. So I'm, I'm definitely really concerned about it. But that said, we do need to maintain margins, but at the same time, we do need to maintain demand.
1: So it's really a balance,
0: and when we're costing out food products and we're costing out ideas, you know, mm-hmm. that food is very much in our mind, but at the same time, making sure our customer is not overpaying for something. It's a tricky balance.
1: Yeah, I would say it's, I mean, what would you say to someone who came to you right now and said, I want to open a business. What are your thoughts in reference to, let's say, a specialty type of a restaurant like yourself? Would you tell them, go for it? pull back a little bit based on what's going on with our markets. What advice would you give?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I started this in the midst of the recession and I just pushed forward. So I opened in 2012, it's like never having a, it's, there's never a good time to have a baby. It's kind of yes. the same, my opinion, a bit like yeah. life's short, just do it. I have friends of mine that are starting stuff. I have friends that just started stuff. I have friends that started stuff during the pandemic and they're thriving, yep. doing a really good job. So yeah, I, I'd say just go for it. If you have a good idea and <laughs> all the other check boxes are there, then, yeah, go push forward.
1: And I guess that makes me think about passion, you know, in your voice and how you run your business and meeting you in person and having this conversation. You are extremely a passionate person. Where did this passion happen? Were you the kid that was like, okay, I have a passion, I want to do this? Did it evolve? How did this all happen?
0: Who I am, I don't know. When I, I kind of work in two dimensions. Either I really, really care or I just don't give a shit. And it's like, when you're at that other side of me, people know it and they're like, oh. But like when I care, I, I give it 110%. It's just who I am, it's where I'm wired. It's something that I have to control sometimes because I can get really passionate about stuff. Old school hip hop. You know, to be a good leader, you got to be able to maintain equanimity at all times. Uh-huh. So you now it's, it's kind of like controlling your passion. But yeah. yeah, I'm really passionate about building this business. I love watching our customers enjoy our food. That really, for me, is the best feeling to walk into a restaurant. They appreciate it. The music's right. Everything's working. Um, I was in one of our restaurants last night and the team was doing a fantastic job, actually in Marlton, New Jersey. So shout out to uh, Jersey again. And they were doing great. I was just proud of them. The food was great. All the cylinders were going. And it's just a good feeling. I love making our customers happy. Mm -hmm. So it's that intersection of exceeding expectations for our customers Mm -hmm. and just scaling
1: something. Wow. Do you find it's hard to motivate people? You obviously have a team now and you're the leader. Yep. specifically during, you know, I want to bring up COVID and I want to bring up the mask that I want to bring up when people were not dining in. I mean, now we have another variant. Masks, masks are on, masks are off. I mean, it's, you know, you have to keep up with the daily of, of the different things going on throughout the whole country and in specific cities. Is it hard to motivate when so many things are going on? I mean, you're a very inspirational person. How did you guys all handle that during COVID?
0: Yes, COVID was like overnight. We were kind of joking about it before it happened. Like, oh, this is nothing, like, oh, whatever, big deal. And then suddenly, you know, can you eat food outside your house? Like, what's going to happen to me? I-, I am really blessed to have a fantastic team. I'm not just saying that. They know I feel this way. We really have a fantastic team who they are, and they'll laugh when I say this, but they're a team of top performers that are empowered by their environment to achieve any they
1: standards. They're
0: great. And they really go the extra mile. They care which lets me let go of stuff that I worry about. I know they'll do a better job than me at it. So I let them do their thing. We have a very close group. We don't have a lot of people working for us at the restaurant level. The GMs are our most important person working inside the restaurant. Our GM turnover, I would argue to be is relatively low. They've done it, were with us before the pandemic and are still with us. We did our best to take care of them. We kept the doors open. They wanted to work. I mean, they were on the front line since the beginning and didn't stop that's passion and that's real passion. You know, I can't thank them enough. So I think we have to be role models as a leader. I'm far from perfect. Our team is far from perfect, but we have that extra sense that we wanna get to perfection. And Mm -hmm. I think the key things it takes to, to succeed.
1: No. Great. And, you know, and then I think about, of course, recruiting, not maybe a GM, but like a person who wants to work in your store, like a college student. I know, of course, at Rutgers, there's a lot of college students who work in the different locations. Is that hard? Because I mean, it's hard to get people to work. So many different stores and operations are spending excessive amounts of money per hour wages to get quality people. Is that, is, has that been an issue for you guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always an issue. It was more of an issue than ever last quarter of 2021 and kind of the end of third quarter. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that when we are always trying to find good people and the challenge is, it's tough out there. I mean, a lot of folks for a while just didn't want to work. They didn't have to work. Now they are working. But I think it's getting a bit easier. College kids, yeah, I mean, they're great, but they also have college schedules, and that could be tough. They have a test coming up but we still need you to come in. but They have a test, and I understand that because I have kids, so it's like those university locations are very difficult to run. And again, back to the general manager doing a fantastic job balancing it all. And mm-hmm. you know, Carol at Rutgers, she does a great yeah, job. Yeah,
1: right. absolutely. Now, regarding just college locations, is that a focus to expand in some of the, the college locations?
0: It, it's, it's more like college is the cherry on top for the site acquisition. We love to get dense residential. We want to make sure that there's some office and working Component there, and if there's a university there, even better. I mean, that's one of the things. But to, to fully rely 100% on university is the challenge becomes very seasonal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you may not have the staff, you may not have the customers, so there's a lot more volatility in
1: sales. Got it, got it. Cool, I, I love that. Let's talk about artists. I mean, when we come into your stores, or I go into your store and I see so many things posted, besides, of course you know, cultivating a community and wanting people to come into your restaurants. you got a lot of art going on in there. Where does all this come from? Is it your concept of loving art, appreciating art?
0: So it, it really, the first restaurant, you know, was kind of like, just to give some context, yes, I'm a huge art person. I was lucky enough to be at the Met on Saturday with my wife. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's just kind of like what we love. And when you create a brand, a lot of your DNA will go into it. And mm-hmm. there was a sense of appreciation for design in the concept so first location at 16th street center city philadelphia you know i negotiated that deal that lease in my cubicle <laughs> which is kind of comical to think and my last day of pre was december 31st 2011 uh-huh. and the next day was like i gotta get this place designed and go it was the literally the most creative period of my life I and mean, I'm, I'm a creative at the end of the day and uh-huh. i just it was the best we sat there looking at various kinds of wood trimmings for the wall. We're trying to figure out the right fixtures, the right finishes, the right paint, the right paint color. You know, the reminiscent of, you don't want it to be an Apple store, but you want minimalism of an Apple store. But at the same time, you felt comfortable inside and the lighting has to be right. Mm-hmm. So that first restaurant, I really poured myself into, and actually we won an award in interior design magazine for it, which oh. little known fun fact about HoneyGrow. Um, and then we kind of kept evolving since then. So the, the latest prototype, Is designed by an architect Jennifer Carpenter based in New York we've been using that prototype probably for the last six or seven years and you know it's it's good and in terms of the artwork I think it was around 2014 we wanted to make the inside feel a bit different so we worked with a photographer Joseph Michael Lopez who I I love his work he was in the New York Times we reached out to him and his work is in our Hoboken location also in our Brooklyn location and then we just love the idea of like featuring artists. So we were mm-hmm. featuring artists and their mural work in a lot of the restaurants. You wow. know, as we scale, the challenge really is coordinating all of it. We've done our best to continue doing it and feature it, but yeah. again, it does provide that bit of uniqueness um, in terms yep. of absolutely. And you have an
1: artist designing your cups too. I just saw that on one of your yeah. So yeah. we have
0: exactly so our stir fry containers. We have somebody who we we show their work on the containers every season. So. Correct. It's it's a really cool way for them to get their, their work out and it's a really cool way for our boxes to look really good. So oh we, my
1: God. yeah, that's so and how is it tough to decide which artist or is it basically a certain vibe or a certain feel you want to express?
0: Yeah, we we look at a bunch of stuff, we receive mm-hmm. stuff, we, we review it, who's the artist, what what have they done, are they local, are they not? You know, if they're local, even better. We want to feature their work and then they can get the accolades as well. But yeah i mean it's it's a fun process to figure out
1: oh, yeah it it yeah i i mean that was like one of the first things i remember as i said I, hoboken was the first store and i was walking around like really, i mean because i'm just you know i felt like i was sort of like in a museum like and that's just me looking at your you know the different designs and the different artists yeah, stuff, yeah. Hoboken,
0: hoboken i designed that. that this is again when i had a bit more time i was able to design that and that was a lot of fun today i'm i, I would say i'm definitely not involved in the design process we have we have our respects we have our prototype and we just yeah kind of...
1: so so do you feel like you want to go international are you going to take your brand overseas are you going to do the global
0: yeah that's 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 been the goal from day one we need to master the northeast <laughs> like i don't want to get <laughs> your vision for the company is to always have been an inter- international brand like honestly if if brands that i know are overseas can do it why can't we we know we have best-in-class economic numbers. Like, there, there's no reason that people wouldn't want a really good noodle stir fry, which is 80% of our sales. So, wow. I, I think that, you know, I, I think we're, we're going to get there. It's going to mm-hmm. take a few years. Won't be next year, but, you know, that's that's the plan.
1: What's what's top-selling uh, stir fry? What do people like?
0: great right on stir fry with chicken. Everyone ah. loves that. An easy really? one.
1: That is easy. And your favorite? What's your favorite? Do we talk about your favorite, Justin? I don't know if we talked about your favorite.
0: What so I'm tasting stir fries all week. So, so lately I've been doing, I've been creating my own. I love our fresh, freshly made egg white noodles. I'm definitely mm-hmm. not a vegan anymore, but cool. I do a wow. plant-based diet because I know I, I feel better when I'm eating more plants. So I'm more like, there's a Michael Pollan quote, yes. push, but it's basically like eat real food, not too much of it, mostly plants.
1: And of course, you have you know the ride of different customers. Like we said, that you know you have the allergies, you have this and that. What about gluten? What about like when I say gluten, gluten free? Like I have a gluten allergy. Alexandra has a gluten allergy. I don't know if your wife is sharing any of that craziness. Would you come up? Would you have like a gluten free noodle of some sort, like gluten free Give her a rice
0: noodle. Yeah, which is gluten. A rice
1: noodle. Okay. And what about okay? This is a question I know Alexandra and I were talking. What about a la carte? Like so, for an example, I come to your store. And I'm the person, because I was living at a hotel for a while. I just want avocado. I just want a piece of avocado, and I want four four hard-boiled eggs. I can't get it.
0: Yeah, you can't get, it. Can't
1: get it. Is that like, do you not want to do a la carte? Am I, am I pressing too much, Justin?
0: It can only <laughs> makes people happy some of the time.
1: Is it that, that's not what you, I mean, you want someone to buy the entire salad and then be able to, you know it's not a pick and choose kind of thing is that i'm just curious
0: yeah well your concept you're talking is like very reminiscent of like midtown manhattan lunchtime where i could like open the thing and throw all the stuff (laughs) pieces of sushi which is delicious that's just not what we do It, it would be technically very difficult from many angles to actually execute that for us
1: right what i like so much also just about your concept and everything when i go to your feed when i go to your instagram Your whole feed reflects like movement, fluidity, and honestly, I feel like when I look at your feed, I feel like it's just like it's it's a storybook. It's a narrative. Like when I look through your feed, like I, you know, when you know a customer checks out your feed, I feel like it's done really well. So kudos to your social marketing people out there. That I feel like I'm reading a story based on all the different posts that you have, and it makes me have a certain concept, which actually I don't think I find with other brands such as yourself so i guess you know besides the fact that if you want to go international is there any other secret that you want to share with us then it wouldn't be a secret of where you want to take your company as far as i mean do you want to be in airports do you want to be in a train station are you thinking of on in that level as well
0: yeah i mean as of right now i i really want calm waters i want us to be able to copy and paste a successful honey grow and keep going and make our customers happy you know there, there really is no secret like we're, we're okay. looking at mostly suburban locations at this point within the markets we are, and then kind of expanding from there. So, you know, like we're, we're in seven markets right now. We want to build those markets out for the most part. Right, um, exactly. If the, if the right opportunity came up in an airport, which I don't think we're ready for, sure, down the road, yeah. You know, when the time comes, we're going to have to consider those opportunities, kind of like oh. Starbucks. They yeah. never went to the airports for many reasons, and then they kind of had to when the time came. So uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get there, but, but right now we're... Uh, uh, we're
1: right. Ready. Absolutely, and one, a couple more things. Thing about who was your? Do you have a, when you were growing up? Did you have a mentor? Or right now, is there someone in your business that you emulate? That you feel like that's where I want to be.
0: my business So, growing up was my my dad and my grandfather, and today, you know, I, I definitely have a group of other CEOs and founders that I'm a part of, and they've been fantastic because we all can talk, it, mm-hmm. comfortable, and you know, it's not going to get out there and You know, we all go through the same kind of stuff. It's very difficult and exhausting and challenging to be a leader. And it's, you know, for anyone up and down the chain, it's the same thing. It's hard. But, you know, I'm not going to start venting to my team and being up telling them the stuff I'm upset about. They have their own stuff to worry about. And I'm honestly there to help them out. They're a really good group of people we can always kind of talk to and go through things and in that process really build each other up in the sense of learning. Like, I, I just, it's kind of like, oh, you're here right now well, this is what I did in that situation. And right. it's, it's a really, I think, important thing for people to kind of check their egos and say when they don't know something, they don't know it. And more mm-hmm. important get to the solution.
1: So, Right. If you had to think about your younger self back in college or back in grad school, is there something that you wish that you knew then that you know now? Because life is about experiences and learning.
0: Yeah, no, nothing. I, Get that question all the time, and the answer is always the same, which is not nah, nothing. Like, go through it. <laughs> like, just yeah, you, you only like learn from experience, in my opinion, and going through nope. it. And I think I you know. have to, to, to feel the pain of it. So,
1: absolutely. no, absolutely. Important. And I got another thought is are you, are you discovering your why? Is this why you should, like, when I say, what is your why? Or is this your why? Is your business this? Is this your, are you living your why? Like, why yeah. you do this? Why you get up every day? Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, the why is to be happy, right? Like I, one of my favorite books ever is, is the, I'm brain dead right now, but I can't remember the name, but it's by Dalai Lama I read in college and The Art of Happiness. Yeah. And it ties back everything in why, why, because I know it's the Simon Sinek why. Oh, like, okay. It's kind of like you want to go through your everyday being happy and that takes a lot for everybody. I, I often say that happiness is like a muscle, like you've got to work at it. You're not just going to okay. wake up today day feeling great. Oh. So, the fact that I get to build a business and work with really good people and be challenged and challenge them and see our customers love our food and build teams and mm-hmm. get to geographically expand what I've always had in my head is exhilarating. So, mm-hmm. yeah, ways, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely okay. doing well.
1: And also, too, look, the, the pandemic, of course, as I mean, I created this podcast, is the mental health component. You know, you're dealing with different dimension of life now you have your employees now that might have gone through certain aspects like how do you how does your business handle that too
0: yeah i mean the pandemic was tough we it's uncharted territory for everybody we did our best i think we just number one made sure that the team was safe number two made sure that the restaurants were as spotless and clean and safe as possible and for the mental health side you know it's it was hard on everybody you know not everybody reacted the same way some people were willing to just go through it and, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it. Other people were, you know, just an anxiety inducing conversation to talk about disease and going out and doing things. So we right. really did juggle it. It was not easy. Personally, we, we were out pretty much the entire time. Yes, I was doing the home thing and out thing, but we didn't really stop. And I, I somehow lucked out not getting it. I'm fully mm-hmm. vaccinated. Everyone should get vaccinated, in my opinion. But, you know, it was like, for me, it was exhausting, but I'm lucky I have a great family as my support system and we got through it together. Great team. We got through it together and came Mm -hmm. on top.
1: Yeah. I mean, how, and how do you brace for the next round? I mean, with masks and stuff specifically in all your stores where someone may not, you know, everyone to their own comfort level. Unfortunately, in some stores you can't mandate the masks. How do you deal? How how do your management deal with that?
0: They they do their best. Um, I was just in a Starbucks, I think it was last week at this point and earlier this week, and somebody was not wearing a mask and the manager came out and yelled at him and then he yelled back at the manager because he's like, Well, these people are sitting down wearing not wearing masks. Why should I have to do it? And you know, this is not like the manager's job. <laughs> like it is her job to enforce it, but she wasn't really trained for this. And it becomes a tricky thing. We deal with the same thing. Like we just want to make sure that we can give the support to our team as much as possible because it's hard. It's definitely tricky.
1: It is hard, yeah, thank you for your comments. And last thing, we do something called a heart to heart. So get ready for this, Justin, this is very exciting. Um, Of course, our podcast is called Coming From The Heart and Instagram Lives and all the great stuff that we put out there. And I love your connection to community and I I feel like your business differentiates from so many different others. That's why I was so honored to speak with you because I feel like you're genuine and your brand is genuine and you guys are definitely authentic and definitely rocking it out and doing everything Right. right. The heart-to-heart heart is a segment, like I said, is something. It could be a something or a someone that has touched you, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your life, someone that you connected to. It could be in your business, it could be in before your business, someone or maybe something that motivated you to be where you are now. You mentioned, of course, your parents being your mentors and so forth. But it doesn't have like that. So I've
0: had some some horrible people that I've had to work with or work for. So. You know, it's, it, I think they've all had some sort of effect in their own way to push me to where we are today. It was stuff like that today as well. So I don't know. I, I'm, I don't think there's anyone specific that really comes to mind that would be more than others. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll go with my dad. Like, my dad is an entrepreneur. He worked his ass off. You know, he had to almost close his business back in the 90s and it was horrible. And I just saw him push through it. Mm-hmm. And I, Really, kind of gave me that grit and determination mentality as a kid because we went through our own hard times, and mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't. There was not one part of me that was going through the towel, and so, and right. there isn't. That's just how I'm wired. It's probably one of my favorite strengths. Is is I'm pretty stubborn in a good way or bad way, right. but
1: right, um, right, right. right. absolutely. Would you say resiliency is what you learned from your dad?
0: Yeah, no question. No question. It's and I would say it's probably one of my top traits. if not my top trade. is just being resilient. Like just amazing. Got to you got to push through it. I, I think I say this to all entrepreneurs. Like, like it's not everyone wants to think you can just sit there, and um, you know you could post yourself on Instagram doing cool stuff. And it's really not like that. Like your highs are really high and your lows are really low. And you got to like keep focused no matter what. And you know no day is the same. You got to. There's a million things you got to worry about, from cash to your team to customers to everything, insurance, whatever. I mean, there's a million things that I worry about every day. Um, mm-hmm. guess, like, okay, there's a war around the world and it's affecting my life and it's just wild. So, you mm-hmm. know that is key. It's one of the key factors that I've noticed in our our top performers in our rest in our restaurants and our team. They are the ones who can overcome it. Like, working mm-hmm. at a is not easy. It's not an easy job. It's a lot easier to work at. A retail clothing place because you could fold clothes and go home and honey go, you gotta cook, you gotta wear customers, you gotta prep. We look for people that are definitely passionate and resilient, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. What maybe I'll say, what's what's your key to success every day? Do do you, do you introspectively do for yourself? Are you into um, meditation or anything like that to get yourself out the door?
0: Yeah, so my, my morning routine is I'm up at 5.20 and I, Wash up. I meditate for 20 minutes. I just started doing uh, transcendental meditation. It's a good, mm. cool, wow. Uh, three days a week, I'm doing jujitsu in the morning, and nice. then other days I'm just working out before I get to work. And I think it's the best way to have a clear head. And you know, just you don't want to be dispassionate, but you want to have you know, as I said before, equanimity. So you're not making you know choices or decisions based on emotion, but really based on logic, and checking your ego. I think everyone. I get to work with. is something that I've noticed they all do. Like you know, if if you're wrong, you're wrong, and we're all looking to do, we're all looking to get the best outcome. And I think that's very important with when, when,
1: uh, your team. To have, did you always do some type of um, meditation? Was that something part of you, or is this in because of having your business?
0: Yeah, I've always. I mean, I did martial arts as a kid for ten years, um, mm-hmm. and then I. Was doing meditation probably started five years ago more when i was doing the business but the tm translation meditation is a bit different a bit more involved but it's also been great i've been doing it for about a couple months now
1: can you comment on that and explain that a little bit for someone who's checking us out right now who's not really sure what you're talking about very briefly
0: yeah so transplant meditation basically is you kind of close your eyes for 20 minutes you have a mantra that's given to you and okay. you basically focus on that until your mind just becomes totally clear and that's great and so you kind of maintain that feeling and it's a very refreshing feeling it's it's good not to do it before bed because you just have more energy so <laughs> they are crazy so I, you know you want to start feeling a certain way and then you want to do it again And at a certain point so you kind of get your second wind yeah I, I started i forgot why i started tm i think i was reading something about uh ray dalio and he was like he's a billionaire hedge fund guy and he's like i've been doing it for 50 wow. years and profound effect and then jerry seinfeld was reading, does it like, all right well these guys are doing it michael j fox Okay. My, it's actually really fascinating. When he does it, stops um, shaking. And I, I thought that to be really profound. I'm like, well, what's going on here? And a lot yeah. of studies, waves and other stuff. And wow. Self went into it.
1: Wow, no, I'm, I'm definitely gonna make a comment on that, on a story or something like that, because I don't really know much about it. I was even just thinking for myself lately, doing some Tai Chi, because I'm not truly a yoga person. I don't know if you know much about Tai Chi, but I think I think regardless, whatever you do, It comes from your heart, it comes from your soul, and it's very personalized, but it's really about taking safe space for yourself. And clearly, Justin, you need to do that because you're running a huge operation. I know you're a busy person. And all I can say is thank you. It was such an honor to meet you. I hope that you continue this conversation and you can come back and chat with us at another time. And, uh, you know, I'm gonna keep eating your food and hanging out at your restaurants and, I'm excited to see where your brand goes. It's, that's, it, you're doing an awesome job, so you should be really proud of yourself.
0: Got yeah, good people doing it, so you know. Yes. That's, thank you very
1: All much. All of you, whoever came on to say hi, thank you so much for saying hi to Justin, and a All few right. people came on to <laughs> say hi to me. And I guess the question is, where can people find you, or actually not you, more like HoneyGrow?
0: Yeah, maybe you could. You found me this morning, I was impressed. <laughs> dot uh, Honeygrow Instagram. Go to our restaurants. You can find them the website. Honeygrow. 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 Yes. So okay. thank you.
1: Cool. And what if people want to give suggestions about like menus and stuff like that? Is is that is there an opportunity for them to do that?
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you can email. Go to the website. There's a there's a fill out. I I see all of them. So, yes.
1: Cool. Cool. Well, Justin, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your next opening. When's the next opening for you guys? Where are you opening next?
0: We will be opening next. Well, we just signed a, a lease and we're all excited about it. So we're opening in I think next is going to be either Quakertown or Hamilton, New Jersey. We'll be opening up later this year Willow Grove, some other spots. So we're we're pretty excited.
1: And you said you go as far south as DC? Was that Correct. what you said? Okay.
0: Yeah. We're in well, Reston, Bethesda, or Rockville.
1: Wow, that's my territory from where I went to school, University of Maryland. All right, Justin, well, thank you. Thank you to everybody who came to say hi to us. And please follow Justin, follow HoneyGrow, get yourselves out there, eat their food. It's great stuff. And I will speak to you very soon in the future. Thanks, Justin, have a great night. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye now, bye. Mm Please check out my episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and weekly Instagram Lives, where I am honored with talented, exceptional guests. Can't wait to see you all there.